We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. It's V-Week on ESPN as we continue Jim Balvano's fight against cancer. Welcome to NFL Live. Week 14 is here. And look at this. What a slate of games. Major playoff implications across the board. We've got them all covered for you here on this Friday. Mina Kimes, start us off with something you'll be watching for. Yeah, it doesn't take a genius to observe that the way to stop the Kansas City Chiefs this year is to stop Travis Kelsey. Always been the case, but more so than ever, uh, given the struggles they have had at receiver. They're going up against a Buffalo Bills team that will be missing a starting linebacker and Drew Tranquil, a safety in Brian Cook. So I'm curious to see, can Travis Kelsey go off? Can he find favorable matchups? Can the Bills find a way to try to contain him? Uh, it's going to be probably the matchup that determines the outcome of this game from the Chiefs offense standpoint. I'm looking to see what the Houston Texans do moving forward without wide receiver Tank Dell, who was starting to ascend as C.J. Stroud's favorite target. This week, they'll be playing against the Jets. And as you've seen throughout this season, Nico Collins has stepped up big in some of these games, including last week, and become a big play receiver and target for C.J. Stroud. He'll be facing a very tough Jets secondary, but they've been exploited this year with some uncharacteristic mistakes. Can the young C.J. Stroud and Nico Collins, now as his number one, make some big plays? I'm looking out for this Ravens-Rams game, and specifically Lamar Jackson and the Ravens' offense. We'll get an update on Lamar Jackson's health in just a moment with Jeff Darlington, but what does this offense look like, and are they able to be a little bit more explosive? Some of the things we saw earlier on in the season with Todd Munkin and this new offense that he implemented, we saw RC saying yesterday they maybe got a little bit too comfortable. I want them uncomfortable against the Rams' defense and see what they've got maybe down the stretch here if they can get into the playoffs. All right, we expect them to. Questions all week, by the way, about Trevor Lawrence's high ankle sprains. So let's get an update there. Here's Doug Peterson on his status for the Jags Sunday. I mean, he's feeling good. Um, you know, we'll see. He moved around a little bit yesterday, see how he does today. You know, kind of kind of base it on, you know, uh, medical staff, how Trevor feels and uh, um, if he can if he can go or not. I'm still optimistic, obviously, for for this weekend. But but again, you know, the fact that he's he's willing and able to put himself out there for his teammates and his team um, speaks volumes. Let's bring in our insider, Jeff Darlington. And Jeff, what can you add on Lawrence and a couple other question marks for Sunday? Yeah, let's start with Trevor Lawrence there. Uh, he will go into this game as questionable, but you heard from Doug Peterson there. There is still a chance that he will play, which feels like phenomenal news considering the scene Monday when he suffered the injury. A reminder that he was able to play through the pain earlier this season. He returned four days after suffering a knee sprain. You see some other guys up here as well. Lamar Jackson will play versus the Rams. He missed practice with an illness on Thursday, but John Harbaugh saying that he was, quote, full of life. So fully recovered, and that's what I'm going to start telling people as well. I am full of life if I am healthy. Uh, Mike McCarthy, also full of life, returned to the facility 48 hours after an appendectomy. Says he's feeling great. The plan is to be on the sideline on Sunday, and uh, everything he said will be normal. He won't be in the booth or anything like that. 
He was feeling this uh, stomach pain earlier this week and ultimately ended up getting that appendix removed. Who needs an appendix anyway? <laughs> Isaiah Pacheco, uh, though, will, <laughs> will need his shoulder, so he can't just cut that off. So he's going to keep that, but he's not going to play on Sunday as he recovers from that injury. So they will be down Isaiah Pacheco in this game. That means Clyde Edwards-Alaire will probably take a bulk of those carries away. Jerick McKinnon, who's missed the last two games, also will return. But they will be without Pacheco, who's been there Really, I mean, lifeblood when it comes to that offensive backfield in mm. this game. Lifeblood. We're full of life here on NFL Live. And shoulders, you need him, okay? Uh, welcome <laughs> into the show. You heard from Jeff Darlington. More from him later. Mina Kimes and Ryan Clark here with you for the rest of this hour. It's Friday, guys. We get a little Friday vibes back together. Yeah. I love being here with you guys for this. And let's talk the NFC East showdown. The Eagles versus the Cowboys, a huge one this week. Eagles entering Sunday night's showdown against the Cowboys, looking to bounce back from their 23-point loss to the 49ers last week. The key for that 49ers defense was their ability to pressure Jalen Hurts without blitzing as Hurts was pressured on a career-high 25 dropbacks despite being blitzed only 12% of the time. That pressure forced Hurts outside the pocket where he attempted a career-high 16 passes. So listen to what Nick Bosa said about all that and how they played Hurts yesterday. Yeah, I mean, you see it on tape, though. Uh, and then, obviously, we put the blueprint out there. Hopefully, the Cowboys watch the tape. Um, but, um, yeah, he, he wasn't completing passes when he had to roll behind the, or outside, and those tackles kick so much that it invites you to, to pick a side and let him go. Because uh, Jalen's looking at the rush every play. Um, so, yeah, you just have to be disciplined and, and not give him that quick escape route where he could get to his guys quick, and it paid off. And our back end played awesome. Uh, by the way, Mina, full transparency, had texted us that yesterday, and we were all like, whoa. Uh, one thing, too, you know Jalen Hurts watched that as well. So, um, anyway, RC, you hear that from Bosa. Can the Cowboys <laughs> defense do what the 49ers defense did to Hurts? Well, first off, appendix is one of the few organs that I do still have. So I that. at least need mine, <laughs> even though Mike McCarthy, you know, doesn't necessarily need his. But when you listen to Nick Bosa, he's talking about a San Francisco 49ers front that is extremely unique. They're unique in their inside rushers and Eric Armstead and also yeah. Vernon Hargraves. And then what they can do outside with running waves of people at you who are different body types. The Dallas Cowboys aren't that sort of front. And you're speaking about a blueprint and a blueprint can can't be something that the Dallas Cowboys can follow if the Philadelphia Eagles do what they've always done against them, which is use the run, use the zone read, use the RPO game. And some of that was why a guy like Michael Parsons hasn't been as effective against the Philadelphia Eagles as he has other teams. He hasn't been a third down menace. He hasn't been able to cause a ton of pressure because they've made him make decisions. Offensive coordinator Brian Johnson has to go into his bag. He has to get out of this we're going to drop back and make Jalen Hurts this quarterback that throws behind the queue, involve DeAndre Swift, do some things with motion behind the line of scrimmage, because if they don't, they'll get teed off in a different way, and it won't be to make Jalen Hurts hold the football. It'll be to pressure him and try to force him into mistakes that lead to turnovers. 
it's such a good point, point, Ryan, that it won't be similar because, one, the Cowboys are a very different defense from San Francisco. Stylistically, they're different. The type of coverages they play, the type of pressure is all different. Yeah. And also because I fully expect the Philadelphia Eagles to take a different approach to this game. All week mm. long, they've heard, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Yeah. And not to say that that is going to dictate their approach, but if I were them, I would run the ball. The <laughs> Dallas Cowboys defense has been vulnerable to the run, especially on first down, actually the fourth worst defense in the NFL. Um, now, I think as far as how they can try to stop it, there are certain tacks I would take. You mentioned the zone read. Jalen Hurts is not as effective as a runner this year as he was last year. So if I'm Dallas, I might be more inclined to try to compel Jalen to keep the ball. Uh, yes, and that applies agreed. to some of the stuff they do with RPOs as well. Um, and then, you know, I think you have to protect certain players on your defense. Uh, Deron Bland coming off of a bit of a challenging performance against the Seattle Seahawks. Ryan, we talked about how Seattle challenged him deep and inside. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't know if you looked at the Eagles lately, but they have <laughs> a former they teammate of DK Metcalf who uh, is very similar, but maybe with the dials even turned up <laughs> is how I would describe yeah. A.J. Brown. So I think it's going to be a combination of that run RPO game on the ground and then challenging Bland through the air. The Cowboys might have to give him a little more help than they have in the past given the competition. Coming up later in the show, we're going to pick this game, by the way. The Eagles have not lost consecutive games with Jalen Hurts as their starting quarterback since October of 2021. It's been quite wow. some time. Let's get back to last night, why don't we? Okay, a little <laughs> Thursday night football, the start of week 14. The Patriots against the Steelers. And, of course, Bill Belichick on the left-hand side, Mike Tomlin trying to figure out the answers, both of them. Second quarter, 14 minutes, 19. Second and seven, Bailey Zappi with a dart to Hunter Henry in the back of the end zone. That means the Patriots are up 14 to 3. Second quarter, first and 10 here for Zappi, throwing it deep once again to Hunter Henry. That's a 24-yard touchdown. Zappi just slinging it out there, okay? Uh, Patriots 21 to 3. So now in the second quarter, we continue. Mm. Second and 6, Trubisky throwing off his back foot. The 25-yard touchdown to Deontay Johnson. 21 to 10, pass. Fourth quarter, second and goal. Trubisky punching it in from the one out, from the one yard line for the touchdown. This is when Ryan Clark was like, man, I thought I was going to be right on the points total. And maybe I wasn't, okay? But either way, we saw a lot more scoring than some of us thought we'd see in the Pats win. Jabril Peppers on getting this W. We need it. We need it. Um, I just feel good we can get it done for Bill you know, and, and the rest of the coaches. You know, they work extremely hard, try to put us in the right place, place to make plays. And, you know, I don't really like all the, the flack he's been getting. Um, because it's on us as players to go out there and execute. And, you know, I personally feel like the game plan has been phenomenal week in and week out. And when we had the opportunities to make the plays, we didn't make them, but we made enough tonight. I think we need to have more people that want to work for it. I'm not expected to be handed to them because this is the NFL. Nothing's handed to you. You've got to earn everything. And I think that, you know, dudes just think that because they're wearing the black and gold that they're going to win games. And I think... We need, to, we need to check that mentality and make people realize that they got to earn that mentality and they got to earn every single blade of grass and every single splash play and every single rep that they get out there. They, they got to earn it. Wow. RC, you know a thing or two about wearing that black and gold. Uh, what yeah. do you think of Minka's comments? I think Minka's comments are absolutely spot on. When you're in Pittsburgh, you can sort of get – 
a feeling of entitlement. When you're walking around the building, you're going to see Mel Blunt. We used to see Franco Harris, God rest his soul. Joe Green was in the building. You constantly saw all of these Hall of Famers, all of these all-time greats, and you walk past those six Lombardi trophies every day, and you feel like you're a part of that heritage, but you aren't. You have to earn that. You aren't entitled to go out and win games. You can't will games down to, for, to current players. You can't give them the blueprint to do it. They got to go out and do it. And I don't believe that Mika Fitzpatrick is seeing that within the building. There were rumors and we heard stories that he got into it with Deontay Johnson after the Cleveland Browns game. And so now you look at Mika Fitzpatrick saying he doesn't feel like guys are working toward winning games the way that you're supposed to. That's because he's seeing it in, he's seeing it in the building. He's seeing it in the field room, film room. He's seeing it on the practice field. And when you look at this team's film, if you weren't watching with the sound on or if you weren't looking at the scoreboard, they look like a two-win team, mm. which they just lost to the Arizona Cardinals, who are a two-win team, the New England Patriots, who are a two-win team. And they go out and play these games as if they've earned those seven wins, and they didn't. And now you find yourself outside of the playoff picture because you're walking in with the entitlement of a winning football team that wasn't playing winning-level football, and we saw that sort of lackluster effort yesterday when they were out-coached and out-executed. Yeah, out-coached, out-executed. Mina, in your mind, what went wrong for the Steelers on the field? Well, it kind of does start with the coaching on top because they looked sloppy. I mean, mm -hmm. just uh, the not just the execution, but some of the penalties, some of the errors, the play calling. I mean, some of the choices on third and short or, as you say here, fourth and short, like it really made no sense, which isn't to absolve the quarterback play, which was, you know, not good and certainly insufficient. Uh, but these are problems that have actually existed all year. I think they just won and that covered them up to some degree. And then as far as the defense goes, giving up that many points to a Patriots offense that hadn't done anything in, in forever, um, some of that was they were attacking weakness at linebacker, and that's just a personnel problem. But, Ryan, when I was watching this defense out there, they just looked tired in a way that yeah. around the league – Teams that have really bad offenses and good defense, this is around the time of year where they just start to look like we can't keep holding up this team. Yeah. I, I felt mm -hmm. this way watching Cleveland last week, sometimes the watching the Jets. Jets. It got to this point. And there yep. comes a point in the season, yeah, where it's mm -hmm. like a, an elite defense, and I don't think the Steelers are elite, but they're good, can only take you so far, and I feel like they hit their breaking point this week. Mina, you also said this earlier on the call. It made us all laugh. They got zapped. I got to give you credit for that, though. That's so bad. Please don't do that. <laughs> but it's He's so not good. That good. He's not Ryan, good. You laughed. Laura. You got zapped. It, you got zapped. I don't like it. I don't like it. It's not. It's You're not funny when we do it in break, front of okay? mixed company. It's only funny when we do it amongst friends and family. Well, there are friends and family at home. Okay, plenty more to come on NFL Live, including more on that massive Cowboys-Eagles matchup. Hear why our crew thinks the Eagles' defense can't stop the Dallas passing attack. We'll explain, and we're going to pick it. Also, San Francisco and Seattle dueling it out for the second time in three weeks. Will Seattle get their revenge? We'll explain why that could be difficult for this Seattle team. We'll be right back with more NFL Live right after this on ESPN. What if in 2024 you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. 
Try Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. It's designed by real people for real conversations. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. They have over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com tackle. Get 60% off at babbel.com tackle. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash tackle. Rules and restrictions may apply. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. And that's what I'm going to try to do. Every minute that I have left, I will thank God for the day and the moment I have. It's V-Week at ESPN when we partner with the V-Foundation to highlight the urgent need for cancer research. This is game-changing research that helps save lives. You can join the fight against cancer by visiting v.org slash donate. 100% of your donation goes directly to cancer research. Back here on NFL Live, the Seahawks facing the 49ers on Sunday. Couple major injury questions there. So, Jeff Darlington, what can you tell us about Geno Smith? Yeah, let's start with Geno Smith. He was uh, out of practice dealing with a groin injury on Thursday and also uh, dealing with some other injuries as well, lingering arm and elbow injury. As a result, the team uh, is considering the possibility of Drew Locke taking over the starting role. We'll still see on this. Obviously, we've got a little bit of time, but certainly something we need to be watching. Also in the backfield, I mean, the injuries are definitely stacking up for the Seahawks here. Both of their top running backs, Kenneth Walker and Zach Charbonnet, uh, dealing with injuries as well. Walker with the oblique injury, Charbonnet dealing with the knee injury. The good news there is that Pete Carroll seems to be optimistic about both guys. We're talking about an oblique injury on Walker that he suffered November 19th, but Carroll said that he's been flying around uh, during some of the work that he's gotten this week. Charbonnet is all also moving around well. He's not dealing with a knee injury, just a knee bruise. So it is a matter of pain tolerance. Carroll does believe that Charbonnet should be good to go in time for the game. So they could get those guys back and really could get Geno Smith back as well. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like, you know, could be a lot more positive than what it feels like. But if those guys aren't out right. there, it's, it's a big blow. I mean, uh, the Seahawks lost to the 49ers 31 to 13 just two weeks ago. You hear some of the injury concerns yeah. there. What can they do to have a little bit more success this time around? It, yeah, the Seahawks' best defense in this one is just offense. Mm -hmm. And we saw 
last week against Dallas, the offense has a ceiling that is very high. I think they're actually capable of putting up points on San Francisco. But if they want to do that, they have to take a completely different tack uh, to what they did on Thanksgiving, which was inexplicably throw at the 49ers' best defensive back over and over and over. Tavarius Ward was targeted as the nearest defender in this game 11 times, which is more than all the other cornerbacks combined. No other cornerback was targeted four times or more, and he completely blanked DK Metcalf. Now, I understand Metcalf is your wide receiver one. I think we really saw that on Thanksgiving. He was fantastic. But Ryan, to me, the strength of this Seattle offense is there are a lot of pass catching options. Jackson yes. Smith and Jigba has been playing really well as of late. You got Tyler Lockett. You got the tight ends. The way to beat the Niners is not to force low percentage throws down the sideline at Charvarius Ward. It's to spread the ball out and get it out quickly. If they do that, I think this offense can have some success. You know, Mean, I love that you hit on that matchup. To me, that's the major matchup on the back end. We also saw Traverius Ward facing A.J. Brown last year, and he did, I mean, last week, and he did a tremendous job. You actually saw the Dallas Cowboys switch Stephon Gilmore on to um, D.K. Metcalf late in that game last week. And so, to me, it's about JSN. It's about Tyler Lockett. But it's also about Shane Waldron. I need him to, him to get in his bag like Tyrese Halliburton has been in his bag <laughs> this year during this in-season tournament. Yeah. I need him to figure out ways to get the ball to the, to the perimeter, have the ball get out of Geno Smith's hand, and yeah. use Jackson Smith and Jigba, Tyler Lockett, and get them in space where they put the, the uh, San Francisco 49ers in the same sort of conundrums the 49ers put people in offensively. If you can do that, if Shane Waldron can figure out how to protect Geno Smith by getting the ball out of his hands and allowing his playmakers opportunities for one-on-ones in the open field, I feel that this is the better option than continuing to force the ball at Traverius Ward the entire day. And now you can use your play action when you want to get those shots. All right, guys, we're going to pick this one. We're going to just throw the picks all up at the same time because we're all on the 49ers. Oh. I was trying to convince myself to pick the Seahawks. I couldn't do it. I think the 49ers are the best team in football. Mm. I know you guys agree. Uh, let's carry on here. We're going to do some more game picks on this Friday. We'll stay with those 49ers. If you have Debo Samuel on your fantasy team, you could be in for a good week. According to AI-generated fantasy insights built with IBM Watson, Debo's high projection is 26.1 points, which ranks fifth among wide receivers. Good on you if Devo's on your team. Still to come on NFL Live, we've got a lot more to get to. The Chiefs and Bills renew their rivalry at Arrowhead on Sunday. Can the Chiefs overcome a laundry list of injuries? We'll update that. We'll make some game picks. Is anyone picking the Bills? I can tell you somebody is. We've also got people on the Chiefs. We'll see you in just a minute. So you know I lie Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Are you tired of uncomfortable, stuffy clothing when you're on the move? Task Performance is here to revolutionize your active lifestyle. Crafted with their innovative organic cotton and bamboo fabric blend, Task Performance's Carrollton Collection is Task's all-time most popular active wear. 
Task Carrollton Collection is breathable, moisture wicking, and provides USPF 50 plus sun protection, keeping you fresh, cool, and comfortable all day long. Task has harnessed the natural performance qualities of bamboo to deliver amazingly soft and durable apparel produced in an ethical and sustainable manner. Whether you're hitting the gym or on the trail, the golf course, traveling, the office, or just around town, Task Carrollton Collection will help you feel better, move better, and live better. Available in dozens of colors. See what better looks like at taskperformance.com. Use code SPORTS to get 20% off. That's code SPORTS at TASCperformance.com. Task, creating the most comfortable performance apparel on the planet. Limelight is brought to you by Corona Extra. Find the fine life. Live la vida mas fina. We're back here on NFL Live. Glad you're with us on this Friday. Let's check in on some injuries with Jeff Darlington starting in Jacksonville, Jeff. Well, Laura, uh, I guess some good news when it comes to Trevor Lawrence. He's listed as questionable going into this coming game. The fact that he was even able to practice this week, given, look, I mean, you look at this injury, it felt like it was going to be very serious, but he has been able to practice in a limited capacity. Head coach Doug Peterson has said that he still remains optimistic about the possibility that Lawrence could play in this game, despite the fact that he's uh, he'll be less than a week removed from suffering that injury. It is, though, a high ankle sprain, and he could play through pain. The question with the Browns is which quarterback is going to start? Kevin Stefanski, the head coach, not willing to say who's going to start. Dorian Thompson-Robinson, though, is out of concussion protocol. He practiced on Friday, so he ultimately is available to play. When Stefanski was asked why he's not naming a starter, his answer was quite simple. I don't have to. So we wait to see who will start for the Browns. Check out these injuries from the Chiefs. Four starters ruled out of this game. Obviously, some big names there. You see Donovan Smith. The one, though, that we should be talking about, of course, is Isaiah Pacheco. He has been such a force in that backfield for the Chiefs. While they're missing some uh, weaponry at the wide receiver spot, Pacheco has really taken on a, a, a big responsibility. He's out of this game, though, with that shoulder injury. So Clyde Edwards-Alaire is expected to take on a lot of those reps in his place. Yeah, not the news that the Chiefs wanted, especially facing this Bills team. And the Bills and Chiefs will be in the limelight on Sunday in a game that has significant playoff implications for both teams. A look at this. At 6-6, six and six, the Bills are in the hunt for a wild card spot. But if they lose on Sunday, Buffalo would have just a 9% chance to make the playoffs. As for the Chiefs, a loss would significantly hurt their chances to earn the top seed in the AFC. Patrick Mahomes had had to play these playoff games on the road. They are in danger of that if they don't win this. Mina, what matchup are you watching in this one between the Bills and the Chiefs? Well, from the perspective of the Bills' offense, I would do exactly what Green Bay did and play action the heck out of this defense. Uh, the Packers had a ton of success with it. Now, some of that was because the Chiefs, at the very beginning of the game, lost their starting linebacker, Drew Tranquil. Uh, they may get Nick Bolton back in this one with Tranquil out. But even with uh, Bolton back in the lineup, I still think the play action packs would be effective. And also because the Bills are really good at it. Second best in the NFL behind only the San Francisco 49ers. Yet despite that, they've been using it at a below average rate this season. I would crank that dial way, way up against this Chiefs defense. I think it'll help the run game. And then you can string together those long drives like Green Bay that keep Patrick Mahomes off the field.
Hey, man, listen, they're going to turn up. They need to turn up that uh, play-action pass like my dog Nino after a fresh feeding. <laughs> the truth is this with this team, right? Joe Brady has started to run the ball if you're the Buffalo Bills. He's at least called it consistently. We've yeah. seen Josh Allen play with some patience. Now you need to attack the Kansas City Chiefs. I believe that Brian Cook was really the straw that stirred the drink mm. on the back end for Steve Spagnola. Mm. And we saw some of those holes present themselves after he was injured against yeah. The Green Bay Packers. He's the guy that allows Justin uh, Justin Reed to move around, Steve Spagnola to move in and out of some of those faux and simulated pressures. No, you don't have that piece. And whether it's Nick Bolton that's out or Drew Tranquil, you're also trying to piece together your linebacking core. And so for me, I don't know if Steve Spagnola will be able to give Josh Allen nor Joe Brady all of the looks that you're used to getting. And so if you're the Josh Allen that we've seen the last two weeks, you expect to be able to create dynamics. So it's about being patient and not allowing those differing looks and those movements in and out of pressure to make you make mistakes. And I believe if he protects the football, the Buffalo Bills win this football game, put themselves in a position to be in a playoff run, and nobody wants to see Josh Allen playing this way at this high of a level in the playoffs. That's an interesting point, that they could end up peaking at the right time if they could win this game. Could be a catalyst going forward. Before we make our picks, Mina, what does baby Nino do when he gets turned? <laughs> I'm glad you explained who Nino was. I was like, half the audience heard that from Ryan. It was like, Nino? Who's that guy's Nino? Nino. Quandre Diggs also goes by Nino. Uh, yeah, when Nino's turn, he cries. Uh, oh. So hopefully that doesn't happen while we're taping this. Hopefully yeah. it doesn't happen when I give my pick. <laughs> I know. Well, that's a perfect tamp for your pick. And we'll, we'll see if we hear any babies crying. Who are you taking in this one, Mina? I've got... Uh, the Buffalo Bills. I actually changed it when I saw the injury report. The way I see it is the Chiefs only have three players they can really count on on offense for Patrick Mahomes to go to. Kelsey, Rasheed Rice, and Pacheco. You just took out one of them. I, it makes me really nervous about that offense. Yep, I changed my pick, too, to the Buffalo Bills. Thank God for group chats that allow Jeff Darlington's things to come through. I know that y'all didn't change it here. I don't really care. My pick is the Buffalo Bills. Uh, I know Susan asked, hey, you changing your pick, too, RC, and I never got back to her, but I thought it was inferred once Mina changed her pick that I was going with the smart people. There well, we go. Because, because when Mina thinks something, you think something, and vice versa. You two are usually yeah. on the same on the same plane. So just so everybody knows at home, we, we have two picks for the Buffalo Bills. I'm going to pick the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes is six. 16 and 3 in his career following a loss, including 10 straight wins. So Ooh. I think he's going to get a big win in this one and just the recipe, the medicine that those Chiefs need uh, heading forward. All right, we got more coming your way here on NFL Live. More playoff spots are on the line this weekend in Cincinnati. Find out why RC thinks it may be a big day for Jamar Chase against those Colts. What does the great wide receiver have in store? A little LSU love. We'll be right back. Feeling like you need a marketing degree and an extra day in your week to successfully market your small business? Let Constant Contact do the heavy lifting for you. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has powerful tools that make it easy to grow your audience, engage your customers, and sell more to boost your business. Now, in just a few clicks, you can launch a marketing campaign that's tailored to your business and goals. That includes email, social, SMS, and more. So you can sell more, raise more, and fast-track your business growth. Plus, you can always count on Constant Contact's award-winning customer support for guidance along the way. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Constant Contact. 
helping the small stand tall. When you're on a business trip, you know what goes completely off the rails? Your workout routine, especially when you book a hotel that doesn't have a gym. So what ends up happening is you do a few push-ups and sit-ups in your room, run around the block, or just skip it entirely. Lame. If you just stay at La Quinta by Wyndham, you'll discover there's a fully equipped fitness center at every location. Now you can wake up and power your buys and tries the right way or de-stress with some cardio. The choice is yours. Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Sunday NFL Countdown Crew has you covered for week 14 at 10 a.m. Eastern. And the Monday Night Countdown Crew gets you set for both games. We have a doubleheader on Monday Night Football. Titans, Dolphins, and Packers, Giants. The two-hour pregame show starts at 6, both on ESPN and the app. You can always check out the ESPN app for all of this coverage. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. All right, let's continue on here on NFL Live. We're going to talk through some locks and keys. We'll give you something that's a lock to happen. And then the key to the matchup for each of these. First, it's Jags-Browns. Questions at quarterback for both teams here. So, RC, what's a lock in this one? Well, you know what? I'm looking for the Jags to lean on Travis ATN. If you watch Trevor Lawrence and that injury on Monday night, you think you thought that he would not be able to play this week. So I don't think his movement will be where we're used to seeing it. So give the football to Travis ATN. Allow him to have play action passes where it gives you a little bit more time in the backfield. And Travis ATN is a guy that can also be used in the pass game as well. If you get the football out of your hand quickly, I think he has to be the bell cow for the Jacksonville Jags facing a Cleveland Browns team that can really get after the passer. All right, so Mina, what is the key in Jags-Browns? Yeah, regardless of who's playing quarterback, this Jaguars defense needs to play better than they did against Cincinnati, particularly the run defense, which has been a strength of the team all year, but really struggled against the Bengals. I thought the linebackers also really struggled, which was disappointing. So I'm looking for a bounce-back game from them against the Cleveland Browns team that also, regardless of who plays quarterback, we know wants to run the football. All right, so we're going to put our picks up here. RC and I are both on the Jags, but Mina, you're on the Browns. Why? I reserve the right to change this if Trevor Lawrence plays. <laughs> uh, but assuming he doesn't or that he's heavily hampered, I think this Browns defense, which got embarrassed in the fourth quarter last week, comes back in a big way. It's a big mismatch, this Jags offensive line against the Browns defensive line. Miles Garrett's a little bit healthier, so I think they win it in a low-scoring game. Okay, locks and keys continue. On to the Colts-Bengals game. Both of these teams in the hunt for playoff spots in the AFC. So, Mina, we start with you on the lock. What is a lock in this one between the Colts and the Bengals? Uh, that Shane Steichen, the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts, will be aggressive. He has won games for this football team or with this football team because of his fourth down decision making. In fact, ESPN has this great metric where they look at expected points added after decisions. The Colts have added the fourth most in the NFL this year. He is a creative and intuitive play caller, and he is a big reason why this offense, which is getting better pass protection and run blocking as well, has looked efficient despite the fact they've been starting a backup quarterback all year. Yeah, let's go, Gardner Minshew. Uh, RC, what is the key? 
You know, just to go off Mina's point, on two of the biggest downs of the season for the Colts, two fourth and ones, it was Mo Alley Cox and Gretson on a jet sweep that mm. got the football. Mm. But my key is Jamar <laughs> Chase getting the rock in his hands. When you saw last week against the Jacksonville Jaguars, over he had double-digit targets. And when he has double-digit targets, it just gets everyone else involved. And by the way, Jamar Chase is probably going to make a play. We saw Jake Browning get comfortable because he started out with some RPO looking at the line of scrimmage, seeing that they didn't have the box, getting the ball out to Jamar. Then he beat Tyson Campbell on the one-on-one. And late in the game, we watched him beat the blitz with the out to T. Higgins. It was because he was in rhythm. You know how you get in rhythm? You take layups. Jamar Chase is a layup in one-on-one. So I expect to see that from Jake Browning very early. It doesn't matter where Chase is on the field. It's probably going to be a completion in some way or the other. All right, here's our picks. Mina again on her own. RC and I are taking the Bengals. Mina, why are you taking the Colts? Uh, you know, I thought, we talked about the Jags, that defense seemed really taken aback by Cincinnati's game plan on offense and looked unprepared. I think the Colts will be very prepared because I expect yeah. the Bengals with Jake Browning to use a similar boot, RPO-heavy game plan. Look, Jamar Chase, to Ryan's point, is going to get his, but I think this Indianapolis defense stands a better chance against what should be a predictable game plan. You see our scores there. We all think it's at least going to be close, so that might be a pick em in some ways. All right, speaking of, time for our ESPN bet, Parlay Plus. Broncos trying to stay in the hunt for a wild-card spot against the Chargers. Mina, will Russell Wilson have mm. over or under 214.5 passing yards? I've got under. I know we think the Chargers' pass defense is terrible, but since week eight, they've actually been a top ten unit, and Russell Wilson has not thrown over 200 yards in quite some time. Okay, will Javante Williams have over or under 62.5 rushing yards? So this one I'm actually going over uh, for a couple of reasons. I mentioned that the Chargers' pass defense has been better. They sort of flipped it where their run defense has been worse over the last few weeks. I also think Denver, after last week's loss where Wilson was airing it out, will lean more heavily into a run-heavy game plan against the Chargers' defense, uh, try to play more conservative to win. Will Keenan Allen have over under 84.5 receiving yards? I'm going under. So this is tricky because he's so clearly the, not just the number one option, but really the only very proven option for this Chargers passing attack. However, the Denver Broncos have a wide receiver eraser in Patrick Sertan, and if they let him shadow Allen, and that's what I would do, frankly, if I was playing the Chargers, I think he can blank him the way he blanked Stephon Diggs for the Buffalo Bills. Still to come here on NFL Live, we got a whole lot more left, plus some really interesting game picks. We're going to talk a lot about this Rams and Ravens game. It is an OBJ reunion, but there's another player to look out for. That's next. ESPN Bet is the official sportsbook of ESPN. For exclusive offers with your favorite ESPN personalities, sign up for the ESPN Bet app. All users get $200 in bonus bets after making any sportsbook bet. Download the app and sign up today. What a play. Rage of the Earth. We made this curse. 
Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. A leaked tape that led to one of the biggest scandals in sports and changed the NBA forever. A podcast that unearthed it all. This is just like what 2014 was mm-hmm. like. Like, there's yeah. a lot of wild stuff happening. And now, a Hulu docudrama. TMZ was calling again and again and saying, we have a tape, do you want to comment? 30 for 30 Podcasts presents The Sterling Affairs. Let's talk clips. We reshot the scene, and I could barely watch it because it was so uncomfortable. It was tough. A companion podcast to the FX drama inspired by the award-winning reporting of Ramona Shelburne, one of ESPN's top NBA reporters. An LA native and someone who has been following the story from the moment it broke. Join Ramona as she sits down with the cast and crew of the show in spoiler-filled conversations and behind-the-scenes reaction to each episode. Man, this is crazy, but these people live these lives every day. Donald Sterling, this was his lifestyle for a long time. Listen to the Sterling Affairs. Let's talk clipped wherever you get your podcasts. This week on Sunday NFL Countdown, what's at stake for Dak and the Cowboys in a showdown against Philly? This is when we really have to count on our brotherhood and everything that we've built. And tis the season. Ooh. All access inside the making of a Philly special Christmas album. Make all these toys, bring kids some cheese. Your Sunday starts with NFL Countdown, 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN. Hot Ticket is brought to you by Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN and the only ticket company where you earn rewards with every purchase. Glad you're with us here on NFL Live. Let's talk a little bit more about the Rams and the Ravens. And uh, we're going to see a lot of Kyron Williams, okay? The Rams face the Ravens this week, and no surprise that their recent success has coincided with the return of Williams. He missed four games with an ankle injury. When Williams has been on the field, the Rams have averaged 6.3 yards per play, which would rank third in the NFL, trailing only the Dolphins and 49ers. However, when Williams isn't out there, the Rams have averaged 4.5 yards per play, which ranks 29th. That's a significant difference, even though it only seems like a couple yards. But, RC, you see that on Kyron Williams' impact for that Rams offense. How important will it be, to to get him going against these Ravens specifically? It's extremely important, especially when you look at the way that Mike McDonald loves to use his two linebackers, the way that he likes to get Patrick Curran walked up, Patrick yeah. Queen walked up, moving sideline to sideline, and you understand what they do in that position. If you could get the run going with Kyron Williams and sort of get them on his heels, I believe you allow Matthew Stafford to be his best, which is when he has an opportunity to get into the play-action game and take shots, whether it's those deep crossers or some of those layered combination routes that we see Sean McVay dial up from condensed splits. All of that comes from the run. But if you're going to allow Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen to dictate what you do in both run and pass, Mm -hmm. you can have an extremely difficult day. But Kyron Williams, who has been not only explosive in the run game, but physical in between the tackles, can sort of be an elixir that allows Mm -hmm. you to find ways for Matthew Stafford to get some comfort in the pocket and push the football down the field. Crazy stat about the Rams rushing attack this year. When Stafford starts, they're averaging .11 EPA per play, which is third best in the NFL, tied 
with the Baltimore Ravens, who, of oh. course, we think of as an elite running team. They've been yes. excellent. There's a number of reasons for that. Kyron Williams is a really terrific, underrated, all-around complete back. I think the run blocking has been better. This offensive line looks much better than the last couple of years. And then, as Ryan alluded to, Sean McVay's play designs, the way they use motion with the run game to displace defenders, what he calls the illusion of complexity, where everything looks mm -hmm. the same. The problem for Los Angeles is if Sean McVay is the magician, the Ravens linebackers are the guys in the audience pissing everyone off by explaining how he does their tricks because they are the best defense in the NFL against motion. Those linebackers are not only incredibly athletic, they are incredibly smart, uh, and this presents a unique challenge for McVay's offense because on that side yeah. of the ball, the Baltimore Ravens are about as technically sound as it gets. Yeah. yeah, you know what? Even when people are explaining the magic tricks, though, it still doesn't make sense to me. I'm like, but still, but how is he doing it? How is the rabbit popping out of the hat? All right, we, we're all on the Ravens, <laughs> as you see there. So I'll let RC answer this Ooh. one. Why are you picking Baltimore? I mean, I think the Baltimore Ravens, one, they're just a better team. And sometimes we have to be able to come on here and, and say that. When you look at what they do defensively as opposed to how it can match up and compare to the Los Angeles Rams, I think it's perfect. You know, I listened to some clips of Mina this week. Also talk about Kyle Hamilton, who right now Mina asked me a few weeks ago, and I was like, oh, I'd have him six to eight. Right now, he's a top three safety in this league in the way that he's defending the run, also rushing the passer, but mm -hmm. being able to play slot in the back and he's an absolute monster that moves all over the field. And I think his ability, along with Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen, will be too much for Sean McVay to play magician against these guys. Yeah, what a pick by them, Kyle Hamilton. All right, that's that. Let's get to the game of the week, though, once again. The Cowboys and the Eagles, Jalen Hurts and Dak Prescott. And Dak Prescott enters this game playing arguably the best football of his career as he leads the NFL in QBR and passing touchdowns. He'll look to exploit an Eagles defense that has been one of the worst in the NFL defending the pass. Philly has allowed the highest QBR and the second most passing touchdowns in the league. In the previous meeting between these two teams just over a month ago, remember Prescott, through for 374 yards and three touchdowns. Not a great matchup if you're talking about the Eagles' defensive side of this. Mina, what matchup, though, are you watching when the Cowboys are on offense? I look back at my notes from the last time these teams played, and I just wrote CD, 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 CD. It, I mean, it, it was... And it was like my collection in high school, right? Like, it, it was just, honestly, a problem that the Eagles couldn't solve. They threw a bunch of different players at CeeDee Lamb. They lost Devontae Maddox, uh, you know, for the season. And when I look at this roster now and I see how they performed last week against San Francisco, I don't really see any solutions for CeeDee Lamb. This is not a yeah. schematic problem. This is a personnel one, Ryan. Like, uh, you know, yep. you could ask, I guess, Darius Slay to shadow him, but of course the Cowboys have other weapons to attack you mm -hmm. with. I don't mean to say it's a lost cause. I just fully expect CeeDee Lamb to eat the way he did the last time these teams played from the slot. Yeah, I mean, if you look last week, Juwan Johnson looked like John Taylor out there playing with, with Jerry Rice with the way that he was able to make plays within the slot. And so yeah. when you think about that, it's like, 
Are they going to be able to stop CeeDee Lamb? Hell no. Nah. But you know mm. what they can do? They can get after the quarterback, and that's Dak Prescott. When you go yeah. back to the way that this game ended the first time these two teams met up, what was it? It was a sack given up by Terrence Steele when Josh Sweat was able to get to the quarterback. Well, when you think of Hassan Reddick, when you think of Josh Sweat, when you think of some of the rushers that you can see line up over him when you play against the Philadelphia Eagles, they're going to have to win. Because if they don't win, if Dak Prescott has an opportunity to truly dissect this defense and find the matchup, I think not only C.D. Lamb, but a guy like Jake Ferguson can also exploit these yeah. backers and nickelbacks of the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Mina, really fast, you are a youngin, okay, but your C.D. player was under your seat in your first car. <laughs> Am I remembering that correctly? That's yeah. right. I had one of those tape decks. That you probably it can, I don't, the people watching might not know about these. <laughs> You put the tape in the tape deck and then it connects to the CD player that was under my car. My dad installed it for my 16th birthday. And so you don't have to like change them, but you have to choose six CDs because you couldn't change them while you were driving. <laughs> That's what you're stuck with. Oh, man. Uh, by the way, we have a younger audience here on NFL Live. So there's some education for all you people out there who may not be familiar with that. All right. Oh, the Eagles, by old. the way, could essentially wrap up the <laughs> NFC East title on Sunday night as ESPN analytics would give them a greater than 99% chance to win the division if they win on Sunday. Wow. The Cowboys have one of the hardest remaining schedules in the NFL, which is why even with a win on Sunday, they'd still have just a 27% chance to win the division. Let's pick this one. A reminder that is on the road for the Eagles is in Dallas. Mina, you go first. Who are you taking? I've got the Dallas Cowboys winning. I think they're the better football team. I think on a Monday, Dan Orlovsky has to admit that Dak Prescott is the leader for MVP. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with the Dallas Cowboys, too, and I'm hoping that by the time it gets to Laura, she's doing something differently. But when you look at the way that Dak Prescott has been playing, <laughs> also the way that they've been able to create the explosive play, that's actually the way that you want to attack this Philadelphia Eagles off of um, defense. Yeah. And also offensively, they aren't doing the things that have been successful when facing the Dallas Cowboys. So if they don't make that change offensively, I believe that they can also get to Jalen Hurts. Yeah, you know what? The NFL That's Live curse when we all pick the same team has been really a, a thorn in our sides lately, guys. So I'm not going to let it happen here. I'm picking the Eagles. No, watch Laura be right. <laughs> well, here's my thing about it. The reason why I'm picking them, I really believe in this. Right. I think because of what we just showed you, how much it matters for the Eagles. They can wrap up the division. They know how important that is. The Cowboys may be the better team, but That's the Eagles have just a little teensy bit more to play for if you look at it that way when it comes to playoff chances. Enjoy this weekend. We'll see you next week on NFL Live.